Well, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open to Philippians chapter number one. And I hope you are blessed by that time of worship. I always love our worship time here at our church. I know different churches do their worship time differently, but I just love the way that we do it here. I love the fact that uh, just corporately we sing and worship together. And, um, and I just feel that the Spirit really works in a time like that, in a way that way. And, uh, and so I hope you were blessed definitely by that time of, of praise and worship. Philippians chapter 1, verse number 27, and we're going to continue our series on community. We've been learning about this the last two weeks. This is going to be really the last message on community, and then we'll be jumping into a new series next week that's going to be obviously Christmas-oriented, but, uh, but this, this series on community has been something that I, I hope has helped you to see the need for community in your life. And in fact, in the first message, in the first study that we did, we found that community is something that we were made for. God does not want us to be alone, and we're not alone. Uh, that's why God created the idea of community. And then last week, we, we talked about the value that we have as part of God's community. We said that we have value, that the, not only the great shepherd values us, that he gave himself for us, but also the fact that we have value in, uh, within ourselves as a church community. And that's why uh, if you're not here, if you're feeling sick, you're going to have someone from this community reach out to you to pray with you, to pray for you, uh, to try to, to do what we can in that area to be a blessing because we're community. And that's what communities do. And, and we value one another. And so we learned about that, talked about that last week. And this morning, I want to talk about building a community. Because after studying the fact that community is something that we're made for, after realizing and, and seeing that there's value that each and every one of, of us have in the community, then the question comes, well, how do you build a community in your life? How exactly do we build this community? Because see, we learned that without community, we can be weak and vulnerable. Right? That's why the devil wants to get you out of church, get you away from Christian friends and a Christian community that's going to value you and help you. Uh, he tries to get us away because that makes us weak and vulnerable. Uh, we found that we lose our identity when we're not in a community. Uh, we kind of lose uh, what we're supposed to be part of and who we're made to be. And, and community really plays a role in, in making sure that we're confident about the identity that we have, the identity that God has given us. But God wants us to build this community in our life. It's not something that just happens by accident. No, having and being part of a community is something that you and I have to build. All right, But how exactly do we build that? You know, building can be really tough. I don't know if you've found this to be true as you've tried to fix stuff in your house or build something at your house. Building is tough. And I came across this story. Uh, maybe you've heard it. If Noah were to build the ark today, anybody heard this story? Let me read it to you. It's, it's quite a fascinating story. It says, And the Lord spoke to Noah and said, In six months I'm going to make it rain until the whole earth is covered with water and all the evil people are destroyed. But I want to save a few good people and two of every kind of living thing on the planet. So I'm ordering you to build me an ark. And in a flash of lightning, he delivered the specifications for the ark. Okay, said Noah, trembling in fear and 
fumbling with the blueprints. Six months and it starts to rain, thundered the Lord. You better have the ark completed or learn how to swim for a very long time. And six months passed. The skies began to cloud up and the rain began, began to fall. And the Lord saw that Noah was sitting in his front yard weeping and there was no ark. Noah, shouted the Lord, where's my ark? A lightning bolt crashed into the ground next to Noah. Noah said, please, please, Lord, forgive me. I did my best, but the ark, the, uh, the, I, I did my best, but there were big problems. He said, first, I had to get a building permit for the ark construction project, and your plans didn't meet code. So I had to hire an engineer to redraw the plans. Then I got into a big fight over whether or not the ark needed a fire sprinkler system. My neighbors objected, claiming I was violating zoning by building the ark in my front yard. So I had to get a variance from the city planning commission. Then I had a big problem getting enough wood for the ark because there was a ban on cutting trees to save the spotted isle that lives next to us. I had to convince the U.S. Fish and Wildlife that I needed the woods to save the that I needed the wood to save the owls, but they wouldn't let me catch any owls. So no owls. Then the carpenters formed a union and went on strike. I had to negotiate a settlement with the National Labor Relations Board before anyone would pick up saw or a hammer. Now we have 16 carpenters going on the boat and still no owls. Then I started gathering up animals and got sued by an animal rights group. They objected to me taking only two of each kind. Just when I got the suit dismissed, EPA notified me that I couldn't complete the ARC without filling an environmental impact statement on your proposed flood. They didn't take kindly to the idea that they had no jurisdiction over the conduct of a supreme being. Then the Army Corps of Engineers wanted a map of the proposed new flood plan. I sent them a globe. Right now, I'm still trying to resolve a complaint from the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission over how many Croatians I'm supposed to hire the IRS has seized all my assets, claiming I'm trying to avoid paying taxes by leaving the country, and I just got a notice from the state about owing some kind of use tax. I really don't think I can finish your ark for at least another five years. The sky began to clear. The sun began to shine. A rainbow arched across the sky. Noah looked up and smiled, and, and he said, God, you mean you're not going to destroy the earth? No, said the Lord. The government already did that. <laughs> you know, sometimes when it comes to building, it can just be difficult. And if you've ever been in charge of a building project, you can identify with Noah and a lot of his complaints. It's just hard. Do you know that building a community in your life can be challenging? Hopefully not as challenging as building an ark today, but something that's challenging in our lives, but it is worth every effort. It's worth every sacrifice to build a good community in your life. So this morning, we want to learn about how do you do that? How do you build a community in your life? Look in Philippians chapter 1, verse number 27, because here the Apostle Paul is talking to the Christian church in the city of Philippi. And he's actually encouraging them to be a community, to build the community there in the church of Philippi. And I know, I want you to notice what he says. He says in verse 27, only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, 
I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. One thing that Paul here is really emphasizing is this of community. He says, you ought to have one spirit and one faith striving together for, one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. This morning, we're going to look at this verse a little more closely to find how it is that you and I build our community. But before we jump into that, let's pray and ask God to lead us and guide us as we study his word. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your truth. Thank you, Father, that in your word, in the Bible, we find the truth about the need for community. But Father, not only do we see that community is needed, Father, we find that it's up to us to build that community. I pray that as we study this passage this morning, that you would make it clear as to how we're to do that. I pray not only to have a knowledge of building a community, but Father, help us to begin to apply these truths into our lives. I pray that your Holy Spirit would enlighten us and illuminate us as we study your word. I pray that the Holy Spirit would fill me as I preach your word this morning, that I might communicate all that you have placed on my heart to give to your people this morning. And so, Father, speak through me. May I hide behind your cross. May we see Christ exalted in the message this morning. And we ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. This morning, three tools that you're going to need to have in your life if you're going to build community for yourself. Number one, I want you to notice that you have to have a common foundation. A common foundation. One of the things that Paul says is we have to be in one spirit. There in verse 27. Now, there's two ways of interpreting that phrase. One would be to have the spirit as, in, as, as we might say today, having good spirit or, or being and having a right attitude together. But another interpretation might be to be in the spirit. In other words, having the Holy Spirit indwelling in us. Now, the foundation of any church, of any church community, is the foundation of faith in God. Faith in Jesus. It's what really makes us all have something in common as this community of the church. Our faith in Jesus Christ. And there's no stronger foundation to have than to have Jesus in our life. I want you to notice what the Bible says about this. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 11. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Paul told the Christians in, in the city of Corinth, listen, if you're going to be united, and there was problems in that church, if you're going to have a community that's worthwhile, if you're going to have a community that's going to have an impact in your life, then you have to have the common foundation of faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus is that, that, uh, uh, that, that strong foundation that we can build upon. If you look in verse number 12 of 1 Corinthians, it's not in your notes, but you'll find that on Jesus now we can build a life worth living. Uh, so the first thing that we see is faith in Jesus. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 and 43. When the church first started, this is what we read. It says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. In other words, those that believed uh, what Jesus says about himself, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, those that believe that only uh, salvation can come through Jesus Christ, faith in the finished work of the cross, those that receive that message and believe that message, it says, then they were baptized. And the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. 
And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Notice what Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20 says. I'm, I'm talking about a foundation, a common foundation that is faith in Jesus. Notice what it says, Ephesians 2, 20. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. So whether you're in Ephesus uh, whether you're in Philippi, whether you're in Corinth, Paul is saying this to all those that believe. The foundation of the church's community is a common foundation that is found through faith in Jesus Christ. And so this morning, if you've not put your faith in Jesus alone for the salvation of your soul, then you're not going to find a church community because you're not going to have anything in common with the foundation of your life. Every church community has to have the same foundation, and that is Jesus and Jesus alone. It's not Jesus and the church. It's not Jesus and good works. It's not Jesus and tithing. No, it's Jesus and Jesus alone. You can't add something to your life to receive salvation. The only thing you can do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not Jesus and baptism. It's Jesus alone. And so, the church community, if you're going to build it in your life, you've got to have that common foundation, which begins with faith in Jesus. But notice not only just faith in Jesus, but a heart for Jesus. You see, faith is required, but love is also required. The church community is to have the foundation of faith in Jesus, but also a heart for Jesus. You see, without the heart for Jesus, this community is going to crumble your foundation will begin to crack. You see, it is our love for Jesus that makes the foundation strong. It's because of our love for Jesus that we will be able to forgive those in our life that have wronged us. In Ephesians chapter 4, it's not in your notes, but you can write it down. Ephesians 4.32, Paul is telling the Christians at Ephesus, he says, you ought to forgive one another for Christ's sake. He didn't say for your own sake. He didn't say for their sake. He said for Christ's sake. In other words, it's that love for Jesus that will enable you to forgive others that have wronged you. It's because of our love for Jesus that we can be kind to our enemies. Uh, we can be kind and love those that are in Congress that hate Christianity and want to take Christianity out of our society completely. We can still love them. Not because what they're saying makes sense. Not because we're for what they're doing and saying. No. But because we love Jesus. And Jesus said, love your enemies. Do good to them that hate you. So suddenly, because of that, because we have a heart for Jesus, this foundation remains strong. It remains steadfast. It's because of our love for Jesus that we can work together and and, and, and the building of this community stands. If we don't have a heart for Jesus this morning, if we have faith in Jesus but no heart for Jesus, then this community that we know as the church community, this thing that you're trying to build won't work. It won't. But let me tell you something. And this is as true as the sky is blue. That those that have a real faith in Jesus will also have a heart for Jesus. People that have a real faith in Jesus will have a heart for Jesus. 
You say, oh, pastor, you think there's some people that, have a, uh, that don't have a real faith uh, in Jesus? Yeah, I do believe that. Look at Matthew chapter 24. Once again, not in your notes. Maybe I should have put it there, but Matthew chapter 24. Jesus told his, uh, his disciples, in that day, many will come to me and say, Lord, Lord, in thy name did we not cast out many devils? And in thy name did we not do many good works? And he said, and I will reply to them, depart from me, for I never knew you. It was really a faith in themselves and in their works, but not a faith in Jesus. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, he cannot deny himself. So for him to say, I never knew you, is because they never were in faith, in real faith in Jesus. So building this community in your life begins with a foundation of faith in Jesus, and real faith will lead you to love Jesus, to have a heart for him. It's amazing. Look at Matthew chapter 22 and verse 37 and 38. Passage is pretty well known if you've grown up in church. It says, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. He was answering the question, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? He says that. We'll look at verse 39 and 40 in a few moments, but he says, first, the right foundation is a heart for me. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus shared this with his disciples. Verse 37, he that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. Jesus says, listen, the community has to have a common foundation. The common foundation starts with faith in me, but it remains strong with a heart for me. So before he says, love thy neighbor, he says, love me. See, there is no doing part two without part one. So it starts with a common foundation. You're going to build this morning a community in your life. You've got to join by faith in Jesus. Then I want you to notice, secondly, not just the community of having a common foundation, but you build community by having a caring fellowship. A caring fellowship. Now, this is perhaps the most visible tool of the three. This is the one that others can see and notice. Jesus told his disciples, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye love one another. If you have a caring fellowship for one another. Now, this starts by loving your neighbor. Now, that's where Matthew 22, verse 39 comes in. The first great commandment is that foundation, loving God with all your heart, soul, and mind. The second then is through this, you can love your neighbor as yourself. Now you can build a community that's going to be sustainable here, and that is through having a caring fellowship. Now, this means truly looking out for what's their best interests. Not what you have in common. Okay? In this community, in Bethany Baptist Church, this local church community, there's a lot of different interests that we all will have. What unites us is not our interest in cars, our interest in sports, or our interest in whatever, some hobby. It's not politics and news. It's not our jobs. It's not that we're all living life. No, it's, a, 
if we love one another. That, that, that's, what's, that's really what's going to make our fellowship caring for one another. And that means truly wanting what's best for the other person. And sometimes loving your neighbor might cost you something. It's saying, I want so much what's best for you that if it costs me and I lose, that's okay. Then I lose. When Jesus talked about this loving thy neighbor, he, he gave a, a story of a man that was going from Jerusalem to Jericho. Maybe you've heard that story. And he gets robbed. He gets beat up pretty badly and he's left for dead on the side of the road. And a priest comes by and walks the other way and a Levi comes by and doesn't do anything to help. But then a Samaritan, the person we call a good Samaritan today, goes by and sees the person that's in need there. And he pays the innkeeper of his own money to take care of him. And he puts that person that was beat up and left for dead on the side of the road on his own donkey. You see, in other words, to care and really love for that person that was left for dead, he had to give himself up, give up his possessions and his things. I'm sure it was more convenient to travel by donkey on, on that than to be walking. Loving your neighbor, a caring fellowship. It means loving them and wanting what's best for them, not what's best for you. Not to say, hey, how can you help me? What, what's the connection that you can do for me? No, it's not that. Listen, love your neighbor is this. It's that person that doesn't even think that you're right and in your right mind for being a Christian. That rejects everything you stand for and everything you're trying to do and loving them anyways. That's loving your neighbor. And so supplying their need anyway. It's that neighbor that's really hard to get along with, who's always complaining about what you're doing on the weekends or what you're doing in your house, and, always, and still being a, a blessing to them. And seeing that they have needs and meeting some of their needs, that's, that's loving your neighbor. It's an attitude towards them. John 15, 12 says, This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. You see, when you love one another, you create this caring fellowship, then this is what they say about those friends. They'll say this. They'll say real friends are those people who, when you make a fool of yourself, don't think that you have done a permanent job. That's what you find in a caring fellowship. You find this to be true, that a friend is someone who is there when good times aren't. Uh, you'll find that a friend is someone who always gets in your way when you are on your way down because they love you. You'll find this, that a friend is someone who comes in when the world walks out. That's real love. That's what creates a caring fellowship. And if you want to build that kind of community in your life, then the question you ask yourself, isn't, well, who's being caring to me? The question is, who are you being caring towards? You're not to be the guy that's beat up in the day of Jericho there on his way, on the, on, on, left on the side of the road. The question is, are you that good Samaritan that will help those? 
Because I guarantee you're not where you're at without someone coming and helping you. The greater truth of that story is that Jesus saw us in our condition of sin, beat up and dying and on our way to hell. And he sent his only begotten son, the Bible says, that whosoever believes on him should not perish but have everlasting life. The greater truth there is that Jesus came to us and met us in our greatest need. And now he says, will you go and love others? Will you create a caring fellowship and community in your life? You do that by loving your neighbor. You do that by meeting needs. You know communities have needs all around them. Community says when one is hurting, we're all hurting. Community has this mindset that says, listen, if there's a need over there that I can supply, I'm going to supply it. That's what real community does. If that's not happening in your life or you're not doing that in your life, you're really not part of a community. I hate to burst your bubble. You might have a title. You might be kind of there in a crowd. You can be here in church and be part of a crowd. But if you want to be part of the community, it requires love and meeting needs. Meeting needs is the action. Love is the, the sentiment, the attitude, the mindset, but the action there is meeting the need. And not all needs are physical. Not all needs are financial. Sometimes we look around and go, well, I see the car they drive. <laughs> they must be doing really well. You know, not all needs in our community are financial. There's also emotional needs. Some people this morning are battling anxiety, fear, depression. And, and if you really have a caring fellowship and you're truly trying to build community in your life, then you've got to do something that, and be something that sometimes we make fun of. You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? You ever been to a, a football game? Right, whether it's high school, college, or in the pros, you'll find that there's these certain subset of group that's near the field. Um, they're, they're men and ladies. They're all wearing the same like uniform. And the whole point for why they're there is to cheer people up. We call them cheerleaders. You've seen them? And they're doing all their chants. Hey, we're going to win. We're going to stomp them. They, they have all the, the things that they do. And, and you know what you have to admire about these cheerleaders? Is that it really doesn't matter what their team is doing, right? They could be blown, getting blown out by 40 points. You look down to where they're at. We're the best. We're the best. You're going to do You're getting blown out by 40 points. We're the best. We're the best. You see, their job isn't to turn around and go, we're getting blown out, we're getting blown out. That's not what they do. Sometimes we make fun of the children. Well, why are they even there? What are they doing? Hey, I'll tell you what, though, when you're up 40 points, man, you love that they're there, right? And you're cheering with them. We're the best. But I'm glad that their, their cheers are not based on if they're winning or losing. Their cheers are based on, I want to encourage somebody that's here. I want to make sure that our team, our community is pumped up and ready to go. 
Do you know, having a caring fellowship as you're building the community is requiring you and me to be that cheerleader. To make sure we come to church and say, hey, man, I'm glad to see you. Hey, how was your week? And, and, and uh, is, there any, is there any needs? What's going on in your life? Tell me about it. It's not to say, oh, man, you had that kind of week? Well, good luck. <laughs> See you later. No. That's not community. That's not how you're going to build community in your life. No, you're going to have to love people. You're going to have to meet their needs. I love that in Acts chapter 2, verse 44, it's there in your notes. At the moment the people got saved, the moment they had that common foundation, they began to have a caring fellowship one for another. Uh, if you read all of chapter 2, and we don't have time to, you'll find that Peter's message was all about salvation. It was all about who Jesus is and what Jesus did for them. But after they received that message, they just started to build a community by loving one another and meeting needs. It's incredible. You, you read verse 44 and it says, And all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be Saved, And what I'm simply saying there is when you look at it, they started having a caring fellowship. They didn't have to bring a message or a series on, let's talk about community. No, they just, that common foundation led them to having a, a caring fellowship one with the other. That's how you build community. You'll notice in Galatians chapter 6, Paul said this, brethren, if any man be overtaken in a fault... Ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou should be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. What is he saying? If you're going to build community in your life, when someone falls, it's not to say, oh, let's, let's get on Facebook and let everyone know. Let's start talking about this at church. No. No. That's not how communities are built. It's restoring one another, encouraging one another. You know, like writing a note or a text. You know, it's like, it's like saying, man, I, I'm sorry to hear that you're going through what you're going through. Can I pray with you? That's what community does. That's what community does. I don't know about you, but that's the kind of church I want to be a part of. That's the kind of community I want to build in my life. I thank God for those that send me texts sometimes and say, hey, pastor, we're just praying for you. just want you to know. That blesses my heart. I could pull out my phone and I can look them up and show you. Many of you are the ones here in the room that have done that. I hope you'll continue doing that. Because that's community. So if you're going to build a community in your life, Starts with a common foundation that's faith in Jesus, a heart for Jesus, that leads us to a caring fellowship, loving your neighbor as yourself, meeting the needs that they have, the needs around you. But I want you to notice, lastly, a cooperative mindset. Paul said in Philippians 1:27, having one spirit and one mind, and then he says, striving together for the faith 
of the gospel. This last tool is so important to the sustainability of the community. You see, it's easy to go one day and help and love and meet a need. Maybe you've, you've been a part of this. We call these community projects. Maybe you've been a part of it in your life. You know, uh, you'll, you'll have a community project like, let's go and, and, and restore this playground. And then everybody goes on a Saturday and, and they start helping and, and they restore the playground. But then that's the end of it. That was it. Mission accomplished. Done. Or maybe you've, you've gone and then we're, we're, we're going to, to help remodel. And you go and you remodel and then it's done. We do that one day out of the year and then kind of feel like, huh, not that bad. It's great. But community, there's more than that. There's more to it than just a project being accomplished when you're building a community in your life, when you're part of a community in your life. And that is a cooperative future. You say something that is long-term. In other words, Paul was saying, you're going to come together and have this fellowship, and you're going to have this foundation for what? For something that's eternal. For the faith of the gospel. Uh, not for your faith. Not for your, you know, good works and what can happen to you and your good fortune. No, 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 no. For something greater. And so let me just say, when you're building community in your life, you've got to have this cooperative future. In other words, you've got to live for the greater cause. Live for the greater cause. See, th this church community doesn't just live to and exist just to see what small things we can do for one another. This isn't a social club. Some people can view it as a social club. Some people live in the church like it's a social club, but that's not real community. That's not the community that the Bible talks about when it talks about the church community. It's talking about a greater cause. When we take the message of the gospel out and the Bible says uh, to preach the, the word and, to, and take it to every creature. When the Bible says you shall be my witnesses both here and, and, and in Judea and Jerusalem and to the uttermost parts of the earth. What he's talking about is a greater cause than ourselves. It's amazing to look at that greater cause. The church exists more than just for bigger buildings. And I'm glad we have that new fellowship building, but we don't exist so we can build more buildings. That's not our, our purpose. That's, that's not what drives this community. I love the coffee shop, but we don't exist to have coffee shops here. I hope you enjoy the, ca uh, the coffee. We're going to be getting a, a, a total commercial, awesome uh, cappuccino machine that's going to make all kinds of coffee. We're going, to, we're going to have that in the next few weeks. It's going to be awesome. But we don't exist for coffee shops and to give coffee. That's not what makes our community. If you get what I'm trying to communicate here. I, I, we can come together for coffee. That's great. But that's not where our community exists. That's not where you build your community. No, it's by living for a greater cause. Living for the greatest cause that's ever been lived for, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul says, striving together for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now see, now that's a cause that, that makes it worth a lifetime to live for. 
not a project that we're going to get done this weekend. It's not a project that ends in a decade. No. It's a lifetime of work. Now to do that, to do that, we've got to be looking to the same leader. If this community is going to last a lifetime, yeah, we've got to have the mindset of the greater cause, but then you've got to look at the leader, the true leader, so you can live that greater cause. Sometimes people think, well, the pastor, he's the leader I'm looking to or towards, and then you know what you find out? That I'm just human. And there's been pastors all over the country here that we find are, are human and make mistakes. Some fall into temptation and into sin and disqualify themselves from continuing the ministry that God had called them to. And as a result of that, some people say, I'm done. I'm done with church. I'm done with Christianity. I'm done with it all. Because they were looking at that pastor as their leader. That pastor is not the leader. The Bible says that we have one chief shepherd and his name is Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm not the chief shepherd. I'm just in the place that God has called me to be. I'm just doing what God's called me to do. And let me tell you something. God's called you to do something too. God's called you to be part of a community too and build a community in your life. And if you're going to do that, and it's going to be something sustainable, you're going to have to look to Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it's in your notes. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And I'm telling you this morning, if there's going to be any sustainability to the cause you're living for, you're going to have to look to Jesus. He'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. He ain't going to let you down. He's never sinned in his life. He's never told a, a, a lie in his life. He's always done exactly what he said he would do. His promises are sure, and you can build your life upon that. You can trust in his word, but you've got to look to him as your leader. You've got to spend time with him as your leader. I think one of the great community efforts that we see in our history is the Great Wall of China. Maybe you've seen pictures of it. The Great Wall of China started to be built in the 3rd century B.C. It was completed in 1600 A.D. That is 2,000 years of building. And you can look at the history. It was dynasty after dynasty, emperor after emperor that rose up and they just wanted to build the wall bigger and try to save themselves from any enemy attacks and try to protect themselves. And over a course of 2,000 years, no matter who the leader was, this thing got built. They said at least 400,000 people died during that time. Many of them were buried in the wall itself as they were building this thing. But there it stands today as a testament of what the Chinese people were able to do to, together. Sometimes I think of that and I think, I wonder, where's the great wall of Christianity? Where's that community that will stand against sin and live apart for God and live a life that is holy, a life that is different from this world, that lives with a different kind of mindset and philosophy, a one that lives for a greater cause than themselves? You know, throughout church history, there have been those like that. 
Those like John Huss, Martin Luther. Those great men that gave their lives for a cause greater than themselves. They were building something. And they were looking to someone as they built it. So this morning, all I've tried to do is just lay out a plan for how you can start building your community. It's going to start with you laying the right kind of foundation. A foundation of faith in Jesus Christ and a heart for Jesus. And then you're going to have to build a caring fellowship and that means you loving other people and meeting their needs, not waiting for them to meet yours. And then it ends with having a cooperative mindset, living for a cause greater than yourself. It means looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. And so this morning, is it going to be a tough build? Yeah, absolutely. But it's worth it. It's worth it. Going through all of what you have to go through to build, at the end, it's worth it. And my prayer is that Bethany Baptist Church, at the end, 2,000 years from now, we can look back and look at that great wall that we all built. Because as a community, we had a foundation that was immovable. We had a fellowship that was tight-knit. And we were living for something greater than ourselves, greater than even our own lifetime. I pray to God that Bethany Baptist Church would be that kind of church and have that kind of community here. And by the way, if you're searching for that kind of community, you can join ours. Jesus said, come unto me all ye that are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Listen, Jesus isn't looking to condemn you. He's looking to save you. You can join ours. We'd love to have you. Build something worth building in life. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for your truth. I thank you for this thing that we call community. And Father, I don't know who needed that this morning but I kind of feel like we all needed it. We all need to be reminded of what we're building and how to build it. And so, Father, I pray that here at Bethany Baptist Church, we be a community that loves you and glorifies you, a community that loves our neighbor as ourselves, a community that's living for a great cause. Help us that I get tired in building this. Help us not to be wearied in our minds. Help us to not look to one another more than we are looking to Christ. Father, we, we want that kind of community. I want that kind of community. Help us build it. the piano continues to play every head bowed and every eyes closed but perhaps you're here this morning and you're saying pastor you know you're talking about a common foundation you're talking about salvation through Christ alone and to be honest with you pastor there's never been a time in my life that I can remember where I put my faith in Jesus and Jesus alone I've come to church before 
Are you even given some money before? But I can't think of a time where I asked Jesus to forgive me of my sin and to be my Savior. And pastor, this morning, that's the decision I want to make. That's the decision I need. I want to join God's community by faith in Jesus. Pastor, would you pray for me? That's the decision I'm making this morning. Is there anyone like that would say, Pastor, pray for me? I want to make a decision to accept Christ as my Savior. Is there anyone like that? Then perhaps this morning, you're already part of a community because you have that right foundation, a foundation that is built on Jesus. But perhaps this morning you're saying, Pastor, you know, what I need to do in my life now is start this caring fellowship and loving one another and meeting needs around me. I just haven't been doing that as much as I ought to. And perhaps you haven't been living for the greater cause. You've been living some for some causes, but not the greatest cause. And you're saying, Pastor, would you just pray that I not forget that, that I continue building in my life that type of community? Would you pray for me? Is there anyone like that would just raise their hand and say, Pastor, pray for me? Is there anyone like that? God bless you. I see that hand. Anybody else? Hey, just pray for me, Pastor, as I build this community. God bless you. I see that hand. Amen. God bless you. I see another hand. This morning, Father, you've seen hands, but more importantly, you've seen hearts. Father, I pray that we would be able to apply what we've heard today from your word. There are so many ways that we can do that. I pray that we would do our very best to to live out and live in this community this week. Help us to continue building, to building something that is far greater than us and outlasts us by, by a long shot. Help us to use the tools that you've given us work in our church, I pray. Help us to be the light that you've called us to be in this community. I ask all this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen.